guest, we welcome you. It is good to have you with us. If you would take your Bible and open to Philippians, the first chapter, we won't have slides tonight in the Bible that's in the pew there. If you need to borrow that, 1042, 1042, and we'll continue our study from this morning. We are looking forward uh, to John Michael being with us August the 15th. We're thankful for their uh, ability and willingness to move and to work with this great congregation. We're thankful that God has brought this together and just really, really excited about it. Be prayerful on their behalf. Transitions are not easy. And uh, pray for the militant congregation that, that they're leaving. Uh, they're, they're definitely uh, they're sad to see them uh, go and pray that this transition would be a great transition uh, for all that are involved. Also, we want to say a big thank you to all of you that helped with the Single Moms Car Care Clinic. Yesterday, about 25 single moms were taken care of. Their car was, was given a great maintenance job, but then also their car was pampered, and then even the mothers were pampered. Uh, the cars, the oil was changed, and, and the uh, fluids were topped off, and then if any needed suggestions were, were needed to be given, Uh, from just a concerned party, those suggestions were given. But then also the cars were washed and and detailed. Even uh, Ben Reed brought down his uh, supplies and literally repaired seats and and windshields and and headlamps. And uh, it it was just amazing uh, how productive it was. And then on top of that, uh, while the ladies were waiting for all of this, they got manicures and their children were taken care of. And as, as... uh, one woman, one of the single moms was riding with Brandon Adcock because there was a, a noise in the car that she wanted to tell them about to see if they could give her advice on maybe what she should do about that noise. They were riding down the road and Brandon said, well, well, how's your morning been here at Mount Juliet Church of Christ? And she said, oh, she said, for you guys to take care of my car is so nice. But you know what's really nice? She said, I could never afford a manicure. And she said, that has been the best morning that I've had in a long, long time. And so it's just awesome to see that good is being done and and just the gratitude was expressed over and over and over and God got the glory and his church got the glory every time. Now, there were lots of you that helped with that and that's the only way that it was made possible and as a congregation we thank you for that and we thank you for the good that was done in the name of the Lord and then also uh, we want to encourage you to know that if you have been thinking about going on stateside and are thinking it's probably too late to make a call on that I just won't go it's not too late and, and we could use your help on that trip and so if you could come up for the weekend or for the week there are still some open slots there and uh, we would love to have you come and be a part of that it is uh, at the end of this week we'll be leaving on Friday evening and so we would love to have you to come be a part of that the pilot came on to the speaker system and told the, the passengers of the plane, uh, we're in somewhat of a dilemma. I can give you the bad news and then I can give you the good news. The bad news is our instruments have gone out and we really don't have any idea where we are right now or where we're going. But the good news is we have a tailwind and we're making great time. Now, when you look at our calendar as a church family, it would be real easy to say June is, is kind of like a blur. It, it just, it's just going to be so much happening so quickly. And it would be very easy to lose focus 
of where we're going, where we are, where we want to arrive. And so today, the plea has been from scriptures for us to be very fervent in prayer this month about where we are and where we're going and where we hope that we can help other people arrive by the end of this month. And so I hope that today's lesson is, is not just a lesson that we study. I hope it's something that, that we really pray about every day this month and that, that God's work, His fruit can be produced and great eternal good can be accomplished. This morning, we looked at the fact of the importance of prayer. This morning, we looked at the fact that when Paul prayed, because he had a point, he knew a destination that he wanted those people of Philippi to arrive. He wanted individuals to grow into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And so he prayed for them. And his prayer was very clear in its beginning with the topic of love. And notice, if you have your Bible open there, Philippians 1, verse 9. Remember this, we studied this morning, and this I pray, that your love... That's the agape, that's the active love, and it's from God that your love may abound. It should constantly expand and to grow to be more like Jesus every day, still more and more. But it's not a love that's just an emotion or a whim, but notice what it's anchored to. It's more in knowledge, the truth of God, and in all discernment. That is the ability to make wise and godly decisions. And this love is to be tied to this. But now, to begin tonight's lesson, I'd like for you to notice how verse 10 continues this sentence. So he's talked about this love, and then he says in 10, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. But go back to that phrase in 10 at the beginning, that you may approve the things that are excellent. That you may approve is like a progression. It's somewhat like we would say, in order that. For example, we could say that you might arrive here, you decided to get in your car and drive. And once you arrive, that you might come inside the building, you chose to get outside of your car and walk across the parking lot. You see, it's a progression. And so what is he saying here? He's saying, I want you to love. And I want your love to abound more and more. But it's for a reason. I want this love to abound more and more that you may, what? Approve that which is excellent. In other words, if we do not get the love right, we're not going to be able to approve what is excellent. So what is this, approve what is excellent? In the Greek, this word approve what is excellent is the word that would be used to describe the, the quality of something. Like if certain metals were going to be tested, this would be the word, this approving. Or if you were going to compare money, it would be the approving. Is, is this money uh, genuine? Is it counterfeit? It's passed. It's approved. It's genuine money. It, it would be the same, even used in the Bible, to talk about the quality of animals. Like, what, what kind of oxen? Is this uh, prime? Is this uh, the, the best? Or is this an animal that's injured, that's lacking? And, and so this is the word where we test something. Now notice this, that we may approve, we, we have this love, that we may approve that which is excellent. If we have this love, we can determine what is excellent. Now, as Christians... We could almost say, 
Well, it's a given that we know that we want to avoid sin and do righteousness. But do you realize that the Lord wants us to go beyond just avoiding sin and doing righteousness? He wants us to approve that which is excellent. Now, this is what I hope all of us will pray this week for camp. Why don't we pray instead of them simply being safe, which is a wonderful prayer, but let's not let our prayer end there. Let's pray that they would do things that were excellent in their faith. What if the devotionals that are led in the cabins at night are excellent, that challenge the young people? What if the Bible classes they have challenge them to to move and to set for themselves a desire of excellence? Listen, we don't serve a God of average. We don't serve a God of just get by. We serve the almighty, powerful God who makes a plea for excellence. Paul's prayer is that they may approve what is excellent. In other words, here's a person. They know the difference in right and wrong? We hope they do. Now do they do the difference between what is right and what is excellent? Paul says, I'm not for sure those of Philippi know that, so I'm going to pray on their behalf that they will know what is excellent. Hold your finger here and let's look at just a couple of passages real quick. Drop back in your Bible to 1 Corinthians, the third chapter. About 1,014, the Bible that's in your pew, 1,014. I want to remind you, we're not going to take time to develop this heavily, but I want to remind you, all of us are going to stay on the day of judgment. And there's some debate about the exact meaning of this passage that we're going to go to. I want to tell you what I believe that this passage means. When we stand on the day of judgment... There are going to be, obviously, the things that are sinful that could separate us from God and condemn us. But even for those of us that are saved, and so because sins have been forgiven, they are not separating us from God. But even among the things that are right, it appears from this passage that it is going to be noted the things that we did that were activities that had to do with eternal things and activities that were just... Activities with no eternal value. For example, how much time do you spend with a hobby that has no eternal value? Are we saying that hobby's a sin? No, we're just saying how much time do you spend with things that do have eternal value? That's the real question. Can we prove things that are excellent? Listen, there, there may not be anything wrong sinfully with, with your hobby, but if you're not using it to develop closer relationships with others, to draw them closer to the Lord. If you're simply using it for your personal pleasure, that's good, but make sure that you're doing something else that day that is eternal. Sit down and study the Word of God that day because that's much more excellent than simply doing a hobby. Working out in your yard may give you the yard you want, but make sure after you get done with that that you do something that's eternal, that has something to do with someone's soul. And so here, he paints this picture here And look, let's begin in verse 12. He says, now if anyone builds on this foundation, see that foundation is Jesus Christ. So we built our life on Jesus Christ. And some build with gold, silver, precious stones. But then notice others are wood, hay, straw. Each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it. Now pause there for a minute. It's going to become clear what's going to happen. When we left Philippians 1 just a moment ago, that's when things are proven. Are they approved? In other words, there's going to be a day of testing. 
And we're going to find out on this final day of testing what things were excellent and what things were just, they were neutral. And, and so now he says in, in 13, each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If anyone's work which he has built on, it endures, he will receive a reward. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. You see, here's an individual that they built their life on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And they stand on the day of judgment and they look to see how their days are judged. And some of the events of their days are approved to be worthy of eternal value and they will be considered a blessing on that day. And other things, they'll just burn up. They won't exist. It it will have no merit whatsoever. We need to make sure that our prayer this month, that our camp doesn't just become something that kids enjoy and it was good. But let's pray that they will approve things that are excellent. Let's pray for our door knockers in our campaign this month. Not that they just go to a door and they just do a good job knocking on the door. Let's pray that they do something excellent to stir someone's soul to be brought to the Lord. Let's pray in our own lives and the life of this congregation that we always strive for excellence, for God's sake, and for eternity's sake. Now, as we go back to our text, I'd like for you to notice, he gives another time the phrase that you may approve. We're back in the 10th verse of Philippians 1. So because of love, we can approve the things that are excellent. But now notice again, he says another that you may. Another that you may. So now he's going to build upon. Since we have love, we can choose what's excellent. Since we can choose what's excellent, we can do this next thing. That you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ. We're dealing with integrity here. First, it's personal integrity. Second, it's relational integrity. First, he says sincere. The idea of sincere is singleness. In other words, if someone is a hypocrite, they're what we sometimes use the expression two-faced. They're one faced here, they're another face here. If someone is sincere, they're the same no matter who is interacting with them, no matter what the situation is. And so here he's making a plea in his prayer. He's pleading with God. God, I pray for those of Philippi, I've talked about their love to you, Lord. I've talked about that I want them to choose excellent things. And Lord, now I'm praying to you about their integrity. I want them to be men and women that are sincere. Hypocrisy, of course, mars an individual soul. Hypocrisy hurts the work of the Lord tremendously. Isn't it interesting that no one likes being around hypocrites. Christians don't enjoy being around hypocrites. People out in the world don't enjoy being around hypocrites. And this one makes you scratch your head. Hypocrites don't even enjoy being around hypocrites. The prayer is for sincerity because that's what's going to help the work of the Lord. Because people who are sincere are attractive. 
And when I use the word attractive, I mean it draws people. It gains their attention. What is it that you have in your life that I don't have in my life because I like whatever it is in your life. But notice it's not just sincerity of self, but it's also that you may be without offense. Another translation may say blameless. In other words, now it's also being a person of integrity in our relationship with others. We need to make sure that we are concerned with whether or not we're helping people take a step toward the Lord or if we were literally being a stumbling block to someone away from the Lord. That ought to be great concern for any of us individually. But do you realize that's literally his prayer for those of Philippi? His prayer was not only that they would be sincere, but that they wouldn't be people that would cause others to stumble. Listen, we got a lot of people this month that are going to be in different situations. And what I mean by that is it's not our day-to-day happenings. It's not our day-to-day, our weekly schedules that are the norm. Isn't it an awesome prayer? If we have an entire congregation praying for each other, and especially the ones that are on these trips, that none of the Christians of Mount Juliet would be offensive and cause anyone else to stumble. Isn't that a beautiful prayer? That all of the members of Mount Juliet instead would be sincere. They would be genuine. They would be individuals that would help individuals take a step closer to God. He prayed for their love. He prayed for their excellence in decision making. And then he prayed for their integrity. But notice the very next verse as he prays for this fruitfulness that we've already mentioned this morning. Being filled. How full? Being filled with what? The fruits of righteousness. Well, where does that come from? Which are by Jesus Christ. You realize that ultimately what we want at the end of this month is we want a lot of fruit of righteousness to be brought into the kingdom and we need to be a conduit for it. But notice, we're a conduit. We are not the source. Notice, it's by Jesus Christ. You know, when we illustrate this, it becomes so clear. Lawrence of Arabia brought several Arabs into a fancy hotel in London as the story is told. And because all they had ever lived in was the desert and primarily in tents, they were somewhat in awe of a very nice hotel. And so they they just walked around looking at the walls and the floors and the ceilings. But you know what really captured their attention? The story says what captured their attention was where they could walk over to a faucet and turn a knob and water would come out because they were used to the desert. And they just couldn't believe it. They ran the water over and over and over. They couldn't believe they actually had water just coming out of a piece of metal. So when they got ready to leave, their bags were checked. And what they found was that one of them had disassembled the faucet and put it in his bag. He thought he was going to be able to take that with him wherever he went in the desert and have water. Now, we chuckle at that because we understand that the faucet is just the conduit. When we talk this month about us bearing fruit, you realize that we have no fruit to bear on our own. The only righteous fruit that we can bring to the Lord is fruit that He has already taught us and given us the resources and prepared for us. In other words, we're just the conduit. It's the righteous fruit, but it's by Jesus Christ And that alone ought to cause us to constantly go to our knees in prayer because we realize we can't do it on our own. It's only us asking and God answering that prayer. 
that we will receive fruit. There's not anybody here that on your own merit or your own righteousness can change anybody's eternity. But through Jesus Christ, we can have a huge impact on other people's eternity. But then finally this evening, I'd like for you to notice that last phrase there in verse 11. To the glory and praise of God. It's all about praising and glorifying God. It's not so we can at the end of the month boast and say, look at the mission trips Mount Juliet did. Look at the individuals that went on that trip and let's esteem them greater than others. It's not anything about that. It's about approaching each day and each work and giving God the glory and the praise each time. I want to show you three paragraphs and we'll close this lesson. And if this... in entices you, you can go back and study them because we're not going to develop them. But if you turn to Ephesians, the first chapter, as we think about praise and glory, in Ephesians, the first chapter, the three members of the Godhead are talked about one at a time, first the Father, then the Son, and then the Spirit. And I want you to notice, we're just going to scan some things here. You could begin this paragraph in Ephesians 1 and 3, and he's talking about the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's talking about the Heavenly Father. And in verse 4, He chose us. And in verse 5, He predestines us. And that's not predestining individuals. That's predestining people that are His children. They have the hope of heaven. And then, after He gives us that hope of heaven, notice what is said in verse 6, after telling us about the Father. To the praise of the glory of His grace. Do you love the fact that the Father has chosen you? That the Father offers you heaven? It's to His praise and His glory. We can't glory in that. And then in verse 6, he starts, in verse 7, he starts talking about Jesus. And it's through Jesus that we have redemption, that we have forgiveness. And it's through Jesus in 9 that the mystery of his will is revealed. And then as he closes in 12, talking about Jesus, notice what he says. That he who first trusted in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. Are you saved tonight? If you're saved tonight, all we can say is, glory be to Jesus Christ, to God, and to the Holy Spirit. We can't take any glory in the fact that we have eternity waiting for us to be with the Godhead forever. And then in the next two verses, he talks of the Holy Spirit and how we're sealed with the Holy Spirit in 13 and how the Holy Spirit is a guarantee for us of the inheritance that is to come. And notice what he says, until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of His glory. Each time, each time a member of the Godhead is introduced and it's closed by saying, give Him praise. This month, let's pray that God will receive all of the praise for what is done good in the work of His servants. Could we end this with a time of prayer? Let's bow.
Most gracious God, we're humbled at the opportunities that you give us to be your children and to serve. And God, our prayer for each of our members in the life of this congregation, that especially in the work that is being done this month, God, our prayer is that we would love and that our love would abound and would increase more and more and be tied to truth and righteous discernment. Lord, our prayer is that each of us would choose excellence. Lord, our prayer is that we would be people of integrity, that our relationships with others would help them step closer to you and never be a stumbling block. Lord, our prayer is that we would be fruitful in righteousness. And our prayer, Lord, is that you would receive all of the praise and the glory. God, you've blessed us and you've promised us so much more than what we could ever deserve. Lord, for those that have become Christians recently, we thank you so much for their love for you and their faith. And for those tonight, Lord, that, are, that may be considering becoming your child, we pray that they would do just that and be wise with their soul. Lord, if there's someone that needs to be restored to you tonight, Lord, we pray that they would do just that. Lord, we thank you for all your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness. And we're humbled that you allow us to be your children and to be a part of your service. It's through your Son's name we pray. And amen. Tonight, if we can help you in any way, come as we stand, as we sing.
opportunity of partaking of the Lord's Supper. It's prepared this uh, for you tonight.